Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson. And even though it's Wednesdays, it's Tuesdays. Stu Cadwell, co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management with us today. Stu, how's it going? Great. How you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me. I'm very good. Now, you just came out of, uh, of a couple of days of just grinding, long, tedious meetings with all of the, uh, the other investment managers at RBC Global Asset Management. Stu won't admit it because he's too modest, but he's, he's still the smartest guy in the room when you, uh, <laughs> when you get him into that setting. Um, you come out with a, uh, with a view of markets and the global economy. And, and, and Stu, what, what, was, uh, what did you take out of, uh, of, of the last two uh, grinding days of meetings? Uh, yeah, no, very interesting couple of days uh, for sure. Um, you know, this is the day when we kind of go around the world and, and uh, people from all our different offices are presenting on fixed income and equity and having a uh, you know, discussion around what the conditions look like uh, for the companies that we own and the backdrop is the macro economy. And then trying to marry that with uh, with valuation, and um, you know, I would say like without fail, really, when you look around the world, the uh, the economic conditions are improving, and in some cases quite rapidly, uh, which um, you know, basically every indicator from a economic standpoint is uh, quite supportive to earnings getting even better as we as we go forward. Um, you know, there was a, a really noted strategist last week who suggested that, you know, the S&P 500, uh, based on the current uh, pace of earnings growth, could exit at 2022. Uh, so kind of annualizing $250 of earnings by the wow. fourth quarter of 2022, which would be substantially higher than uh, where estimates are right now. And, uh, you know, one of the big discussion points we had is just, you know, when you start to pour extra revenue on these cost structures, uh, on the one hand, you could have, you know, very substantial margin improvement, but on the other hand, we're also seeing, uh, pressures, uh, whether or not it's transportation costs, input costs, copper, grains, lumber, you know, so, so there could be a little bit of governor on some of those margins or the profits could show up in different companies than they might've otherwise been expected to. But um, you know, very good backdrop for uh, for the corporate earnings pool. Generally speaking, you know, the only you know the only real fly in the ointment is that you know sentiment is elevated. It's it's uh, feels pretty good. Um, uh, but you know, bull markets don't die of old age. They they die when when the Fed starts to tighten liquidity. And the second thing is valuation, which uh, is also a little bit more of art and science. And you know, we've you know, it's just a continuation of that debate and discussion, which we've had, which is in absolute terms, uh, it is elevated relative to fixed income and real interest rates and maintaining the purchasing power of your money. It's, uh, it's certainly more reasonable. So, you know, those, that, that was the discussion point today. It was, it's always a great discussion, uh, uh for sure. Yeah. And, 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 and all joking aside, and with the great thing about the podcast is, uh, for, for all the listeners, they don't have to spend two full days in, uh, in a WebEx or Zoom meeting, uh, they can get a three-minute synopsis from you just listening to the podcast and, and walk away with everything they need to make investment decisions. But uh, the, the, uh, And we're going to have Eric uh, Lascelles on later this week uh, to talk about that, that macroeconomic picture, which, as you say, continues to be you know, look good, notwithstanding we've got some, some outbreaks of the virus in different parts of the world, and, and we still have to work through some of that. 
uh, but it's a good-looking economic story, and ultimately, with all the vaccines and everything, a good-looking health story, which is which is even more important than the money, I would say. But 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 nevertheless, we're we're talking about investments here. So so that 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 sentiment and valuation, the only concern. So so you take all of this big picture that you you get out of a meeting like this, Stu. But then you're still making decisions around an individual portfolio. Investors are making decisions around their portfolio. How do you translate all of that big picture discussion and that big picture view down to individual decisions within the portfolio? Well, it's a great point. And last week we talked a little bit about, you know, a stock market versus a market of stocks. Yeah. And, um, you know, when when valuation is is uh, lower or reasonable uh, in absolute terms and you want to own good companies because, you know, those good companies are just firing in all cylinders and they get the job done. But when you get to certain stages in the economy uh, or in the in the stock market's evolution, not all good companies necessarily will be good stocks. And the reason for that is because the expectations can be very high and you need to understand, you know, are we going to live up to those heightened expectations? And we've seen, you know, even last week, we saw some very strong reports from the likes of Apple and Microsoft, but they weren't quite strong enough uh, to drive the, the shares to new highs. So you know, any investment process involves, you know, kind of a handful of buckets. The first bucket is, you know, identifying it is a company that we would want to own over a long period of time. And uh, that's a very important process. It's, it's uh, you know, is a good management, good business, et cetera. And the reason that you want to err on that side is because uh, time will take care of uh, lots of things for you if you, ha- if you get that part of the company, of that part of the decision, right? You know, the second thing, though, is you want to ask yourself, is it a good setup? Is it a good stock? Right. And um, my partner, Doug Raymond, often says, uh, you know, there's lots of horses in the barn. Sometimes they're on the track and sometimes they're in the barn. And, um, you know, so we need to have, you know, good companies. They're the ones that are in the stables, but there's different times when you you bring them in and out of the track. And you know, what we look for there is, is, uh, is business improving? Um, are the scenarios attractive where, you know, we can say this stock could be worth this in a year or two years time. So, you know, we can dial down some of the noise related to, you know, are the expectations too high? Are there catalysts? And this is where, you know, you really are trying to determine what makes a good company a good stock. And the message from the risk meeting is if I'm betting on valuation improving or accelerating even further, that would not be, uh, you know, key to an investment thesis right now. What we really want to understand is if the valuation holds, how do the earnings get better so that we can have a higher share price 12, 18 months from now because the business has compounded on our behalf, even if the valuation is the same or in some cases might even contract a little bit. So, you know, that's something that's really important. Um, and that's, uh, you know, I think that's really the message of uh, of, uh, of the risk meeting. And, you know, we've started to talk about it a little bit more where, you know, we want investment cases where it's based on the business improving and the valuation staying in the same neighborhood versus, you know, if we do get further valuation, uh, you know, all, all the better, but you know, we don't want to bank on that from these levels. We want the business to be improving. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and as you say, with, with a, uh, if, if, if you're making those right selections, as you say, that economic background, that, that, that the, 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 the positive view of the markets uh, sets a beautiful environment for you. And then you just got to make the right picks along the way. The, the other thing I want to I want to point out for for investors who are listening to the podcast and listen to it on, on a regular basis, particularly Tuesdays, 
one of the things you can't see because it's not a visual medium uh, is is Stu is Stu's not reading this off notes. Um, and 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 so so if you think about it from an investment perspective, what differentiates a professional investor from an average investor is their ability to very clearly and succinctly articulate the strategy, articulate the approach, define the disciplined way that they go about managing a portfolio. And if you go back and you listen to each of the podcasts we've done with Stu, every time I throw him a question, he has a very clearly defined approach that he and his team are using to make investment selections. Regardless of what direction I come at him from with a particular question, he's able to narrow down exactly the process that he follows. And that's one of the keys to being consistent as an investor, being able to articulate that. Now, maybe you as an individual investor aren't going to have years and years of that background and be able to articulate uh, you know, an encyclopedia of, uh, of, of approaches, of, a, of an approach to, to, to managing money. Uh, but having a clear idea of, of what you're trying to do as an investor, having that plan is so critically important. So, Stu, uh, always, uh, always interesting to hear what you have to say uh, around uh, around the, the the markets and and how you translate big picture ideas into small picture results, uh, which are still kind of big picture because you manage a lot of money, but uh, but small, you know, down to the macro to micro, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You got it, hundred percent. Well, thanks very much for having me, Dave. Excellent. Thanks, Stu. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening.